After years of searching, a young man finally found rest for his soul. Now, rest for the soul was quite another thing than rest for the body. For there's an exhaustion, a tiredness that even sleep cannot overcome. It's that exhaustion where you just wake up tired. And you spend your days in restlessness, always wanting things to change, but it ever so often seems just out of grasp. In fact, many of us might be feeling that way right now. Burdened by the events of this year, this world, seeking peace and longing for rest, but not finding it. We're wearied. We're burdened. Maybe even seeing our own shortcomings. Now we got this new year, 2021, right around the corner. And it comes with promises of rest and change and satisfaction. But the reality is, is that the, promise, the problems that exist on December 31st are still around on January 1st. Nothing changes. Because a new year, with all the grand promises of change, rest, and satisfaction just like everything else in this world, cannot provide those things. Now, the young man I mentioned found out the hard way that you cannot find rest and satisfaction in the things of this world. He had a top-tier education, but that did not satisfy him. And then he sought to, to climb the career ladder, to, to, to grow in his career and become an expert. But that fell through, and it left him in a place where there was seemingly no direction forward. So needless to say, that didn't satisfy. Neither did the sexual fling, nor his misguided spirituality. He sought to find peace through inward self-discovery. And what he found was lacking. His, regiment, his strict regimen of works was not enough to shake the burdens that was weighing on him and the lack of peace that he felt. He could not find rest for his soul and he was weary and he was burdened. So as this year comes to a close, I got a question. Are you tired? Are you like this young man who's searching for rest, who's searching for satisfaction in the things of this world, yet it's seeming just so ever far out of your grasp and you can't just quite lay hold of it or maybe you know where you find your your rest and your satisfaction and you know that to be jesus christ and you just lost sight of that and you're just tired i want to tell you is that jesus has a message for you he has a message for the weary and we see it in matthew chapter 11 so if you have your bibles open up to chapter 11 of the book of matthew and I want us to pray, and I want us to ask God to help us to see the message that Jesus has for us. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that it teaches us. I pray that you would open our eyes that we may understand it. May we behold the beauty of your son Jesus, and may we see him and esteem him to be the greatest treasure in our hearts, Lord. May we see him to be the joy of joys, our Lord, our Savior. And I pray that you would give insight and understanding as we seek to study your word. So in Matthew 11, Jesus has been talking to the disciples of John the Baptist, and he's been explaining a little bit about his purpose and what he's been doing. And he's been talking about his ministry and John's ministry. 
And he's been talking in these cities in Galilee where he's been doing his ministry. But these cities have rejected him. And he pronounces a judgment on them. He, he pronounces woe on cities like Chorazin or Bethsaida or Capernaum because they did not believe in the works that Jesus was doing. And then he, he praises God for his sovereign purposes and his redemptive purposes and revealing these things to children, yet hiding them from their wise. And he's, been, he's highlighting the sovereignty of God in all of this. And then he turns to the crowd and he gives this invitation. This is what I want us to hear. It's Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. And Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for, my, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I want us to take a closer look at this glorious invitation that's given to us by Jesus. And I want us to see that there are three truths that we need to believe that are in that invitation and then three actions that we need to take in response of faith. And the first truth that we must believe is this, is that Jesus will give you rest. Because in the end, the new year, the new home, the new job, the, the raise, the weight loss the baby, the promotion, the vacation, all the effort of doing the right things and doing things better, the fill in the blank. At the end, those do not provide the rest and satisfaction that you are looking for. Only Jesus can. Only Jesus can. Because all those other things, they fall flat. They, they're not satisfying. They're not what our heart was made for. They're not who we were made to worship. They are good things, but they're not the ultimate. They're not the glory. Those things, the only ultimate is Jesus Christ. And the good news is, is that this is no secret. God does not hide this from us. He makes it very clear. We were created in the image of God, and we were created to worship God and enjoy Him forever. And Jesus gives a very clear invitation to the world and to you and to me. And He says this. He says, come to me, and He says it plainly. He says, I will give you rest. Many of you have just simply lost sight of this truth this year. You're in Christ. You've been following after Him, but you're weary right now because you've lost sight of the fact that Jesus is the one who provides rest for your soul. And you've been looking for rest and satisfaction in other things of this world. Good things, perhaps. But only Jesus can truly provide the rest that you're longing for. For others, the issue's honestly a little bit more severe. You're searching like that young man was, and you find yourself lost. You're living for this world, and it just simply ain't enough. You lack peace. You lack satisfaction. You may even know all the right Christian things to say. But your delight is not in Christ. It's, it's in the world, and you're finding it to be painfully empty. Hear me say this. Jesus will give you rest. Now, your experiences, however, might cause you to doubt what I am saying to you, which leads me to the second point, is that this, this invitation calls us to believe, is that you can trust Jesus. He is gentle and lowly in heart. 
Now, Jesus wasn't the only one to highlight about this, about this about himself. In fact, you read the Gospels, you see it very clearly. And in fact, it had been even long foretold beforehand that Jesus and the Messiah, Jesus the Messiah, would be trustworthy in this manner. Look with me at what Isaiah prophesied about Jesus. He says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. And he's talking of Jesus. He says, I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. And listen to what he says. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. Now this world is full of grifters, full of people working angles, trying to take advantage in order to exploit others, full of those who are puffed up with pride and are harsh towards others. I want you to know this, is that Jesus is not one of those people. He faithfully brings forth justice, which is the righteousness of God on earth. And he does not snuff out the struggler. He lifts up the weak and the weary. And this is because the eternal Son of God, the King of kings, the creator of the universe, the righteous judge of the living and the dead, is gentle and lowly in his heart. He will not reject those who come to him in faith, in surrendered faith. He will not take advantage of you. He will not exploit you. He will not mock you. He will love you. He will strengthen you. He will rejoice over you with singing, and he will provide rest for your souls, making you whole and new again. Every story in the gospel confirms this truth. Whether it was the self-righteous Pharisee, Nicodemus, or the adulterous woman at the well, or the oppressive centurion, or the unclean leper that Jesus reached out and touched, or the overzealous follower that Jesus corrected and gently showed patience time and time again, Jesus never rejected those who came to him in faith. He did not mock them. He did not belittle them. He loved them, and he restored them, and he changed everything about them. Which leads to the third truth to believe in Jesus' invitation to Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, and that is this, is that Jesus will change your life. Look at what he says. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. What you're going through right now, this weariness, this heavy laden, just trudge of, of life that we sometimes slip into, or if you're not in Christ, you're walking through right now, it, it's, Jesus will change it. He says, this effort that you're putting into time and time again, it proves to be fruitless and it proves to be burdensome. Nothing ever seems to be enough and it weighs on you. And I want you to hear that Jesus offers an alternative. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Now it's costly. Uh, to be sure, hear me, it is costly. The call to follow Christ is the call to pick up your cross, deny yourself and follow after him. But hear me say this. It's easy, and that the moment you pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow after Jesus, it becomes your great joy and satisfaction to follow Christ because it is what you were made for. So the cross of Christ becomes the yoke that is easy and the burden that is light, as Dietrich Bonhoeffer said in his book, The Cost of Discipleship. Now, because a life lived in pursuit of your own desires and sin gets you nowhere. And a life lived in pursuit of Christ is the pinnacle of joy and satisfaction. 
So when we leave the ways of the world and we follow after Christ, though we deny ourselves and take up our cross, it's our joy to do so. And we find that following after him is a, it, we're, we're, we're buoyed up so that we're, we're walking and we're not fainting. We're running and we're not growing weary. And we find out that the truth is, is that to follow Christ, to grow in holiness, to glorify God in everything you do is your greatest joy. And it is the rest for which your soul longs for. And Jesus is giving it to you freely. So you may be exhausted right now, striving after the wind, beating your head against the wall, wondering when things will change. And I want you to know is that Jesus stands ready to change everything about your life, to radically transform you, to make you new. And he will fill you with his spirit. So like I said, that you can run and not grow weary and walk and not faint, but be lifted up on wings like eagles. Jesus will do that for you. I mean, so if you desire change, and I mean genuine, life-changing, life-transforming, flip-upside-down change, the new year, 2021, is not your hope. Jesus is. So that's what you need to believe in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, is that Jesus will give you rest. He is the rest that you are longing for. What your heart is striving after is Jesus. And you can trust him. He is gentle and lowly in heart, and He will change your life. What has been burdensome and, and has called you to grow weary will now be rejuvenating. It will lift you up. It will be the burden that is light and the yoke or the work that is easy. So now how do you need to respond? Well, the first thing that you need to do is that you need to leave the way you've been doing things and come to Jesus. So that young man who searched and searched and searched for rest for his soul finally found it one day. He was reading the book of Romans, and he finally understood that Jesus was the one he was searching for all along. Now that young man's name was Augustine, and he grew up to be one of the greatest Christian thinkers this world has ever known. And reflecting on that journey that he took, he prayed this to God. He said, You stir man to take pleasure in praising you because you have made us for yourself. And our heart is restless until it finds rest in you. Our heart is restless until it finds rest in Jesus. Now, of course, Jesus knew this when he gave this invitation. When he looks to this crowd and he says, Come to me, all who labor, all who are weary, all who are heavy laden, all who are burdened. He knew that what they were searching for was him. And he invited them to himself. Because he knew that nothing else would satisfy their longing hearts except himself. And nothing else will satisfy your longing heart except Jesus. Because he made us that way. This is why he said, come to me. 
Because Jesus is the treasure in the field. He is the pearl of great price. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And he is the one that no one comes to the Father except through him. He is the one who accomplished our salvation. He is the great mediator between God and man because he is the eternal son of God who became a man just like us. That's what we celebrated two days ago. In the birth of Jesus Christ, we're celebrating the the moment where the son of God took on flesh and he dwelt among us. Because as a man, he was anointed by the spirit of God and he did what we could not. He lived a life full of righteousness. We're sinners, desperately short of God's glorious standard, ashamed before a righteous and holy God, unable to save ourselves. But God loved the world that He sent His only Son, Jesus, so that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Because Jesus lived for our righteousness and he died on the cross in our place. He took your sin and my sin and he put it upon himself. And God poured out his wrath on him as as his son stood as the substitute for mankind. And Jesus, he died that day and he was buried. And on the third day, God rose him from the dead. He's alive forevermore. We do not worship God. A baby. We do not worship a, a man on a cross. We worship the risen King of Kings. He's alive. And He's ascended to be with the Father. And He's coming back one day to judge the living and the dead. And until then, He stands ministering on this earth through His church by His Spirit. And He's, he's calling out, just like He did. He's saying, come to me. He stands ready to save. He is gentle and lowly in heart. And if you repent and come to him, hear me say this, he will not reject you. He will receive you. He will forgive you of your sins. He will make you new. He will make you whole. He will strengthen you and empower you by his spirit. He will give you a family of God and the church, and he will give you rest for your soul. Have you come to the realization that Augustine came to? Have you come to the, the, the truth that your heart is just going to be forever restless until it finds its rest in Jesus Christ? Because it will be. And today I'm speaking to you. I want you to know that Jesus is inviting you into a saving relationship with himself so that you might have eternal life with him. The King of Kings the Lord of lords, the joy of all joys. You've been weighed down by your sin and striving for far too long. Come to Jesus today. You may recognize your sinfulness and your need for Christ. Maybe you've been in the church a long time, but simply, you just don't give a rip about Jesus. He's not your treasure. He's not your Lord. He's not your God. He's just someone you talk about just so you feel good about yourself. I don't know where you're at, but I want you to know is that lost is lost whether or not you know all the right things to say. And maybe today, for the first time, it's clear to you that you've been living 
not what you've been created for. You've been living for the world, and you've never truly surrendered in faith to Jesus Christ. Wherever you're at, I want you to know that the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So call upon the name of Jesus today for salvation. Turn from your sins. Come to Him in faith. Surrender to Him. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow after Him. I promise you, you'll find that the, the cross of Calvary will, will become the burden that is light and the yoke that is easy. He is gentle. He is lowly in heart. He will empower you by His Spirit and you will walk in the newness of His life and the power of the Holy Spirit. He will not turn you away. He will embrace you with loving arms. If you want to make that decision today, I want you to respond. I want you to message us on Facebook. I want you to email us at pastor at mbchurch.com because we want to talk to you. Listen, we have all been there. Everyone on our team has, has come to the realization at some point in our life that we were desperately in need of Jesus Christ. There's nothing that we could do totally dependent upon the grace and mercy of God. We called out to Him for salvation and He heard our cries and He lifted us up and He made us new. So if that's you today, I want you to reach out to us. We want to walk with you through this journey. We've been there. So message us on Facebook or email us at pastor at mbchurch.com So after you've come to Jesus, what's, what's the next steps? Well, this passage gives us two other ways that we can, we can respond to this invitation. The second one is this, is to fully embrace the new life that you have in Jesus Christ. Fully embrace it. Take the yoke of Christ upon you. Let, uh, Jesus said elsewhere in Luke chapter 9, he says, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And now what that means for us is that if we are to take, that we are to take the yoke of Christ upon us and we are not to look back, Fully immerse yourself in the newness of life that is found in Jesus Christ. Live in such a way that it is no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. In the life that you now live in the flesh, you live by faith in the Son of God who loves you and gave himself for you. That is the Christian life. That is the, the, the life that takes on the yoke and, and puts your hand to the plow and does not look back. Because you have your eyes fixed on the treasure, uh, as Jesus did, for the joy that was set before him. He, he bore the cross. He endured the shame. Because he had his eyes fixed on the joy that was set before him. That's the Christian life. Fully embrace it. Take the yoke of Christ upon you. Too many of us struggle to know the fullness of rest and satisfaction in Christ Jesus because we're too busy straddling the fence. We have one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom of God. And let me tell you, God says you cannot be a friend of the world and a friend of God at the same time. We cannot straddle the fence. And we cannot be those who sit back and try to calculate the minimal effort that we can put into to following after Jesus. Can we say this? That is foolishness. That is foolishness. Jesus says no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. If you're going to be with Jesus, be all in. Take his yoke upon you. A yoke is, is what would pair two oxen together. They'd put it on their shoulders and they'd plow the field. We are taking on the yoke of Christ. We're freeing ourselves of the burdens of this world and we're putting on the yoke of Christ, which is easy 
It's easy. It's what it's our hearts are longing for, and we're fully immersing ourselves into the new life that we have in Christ. Let's stop playing around. Let's stop straddling the fence. Let's fully embrace the new life that we have in Jesus Christ. And then lastly, let's learn from Him. Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, so that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So following Christ will require you to think differently about everything that you have, uh, you've known. Uh, God's Spirit, thankfully, will help you in this by renewing your mind as you seek God's will in His Word. God's will is what is good. It's what's acceptable. It's what's perfect. So we, we long for God's will to be about in our lives. And the posture of a disciple is just very simple. I mean, it just means to be a learner, to be uh, one who sits under the instruction of a master. And, that, and Jesus is our teacher. So we learn from him. That's our posture. We learn from Christ and we follow after him and we let his word renew our minds and the spirit helps us in that. So seek to learn from Christ. Study his word. Look at his life in the gospels and let the study and preaching of God's word transform the way you think and act in this world. Now, if you're looking to get started in Bible reading, you don't have to wait till January 1st, but on January 1st, Meadowbrook is going to be reading through the book of Romans. We're going to read through the book of Romans in the month of January. And Romans is just an outstanding book. It clearly articulates the Christian faith and its implications in your life. So on January 1st, I invite you to, to join with us as we read through the book of Romans in the month of January. You can download it at mbchurch.com. So with that said, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you searching like Augustine was? Are you, are, you, are you straddling the fence? Do you long, are you longing for the rest that can only be found in Christ Jesus? Jesus has a message for you. And it's simple. He's saying to you this morning, Come to me, all who labor. And are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I just thank you for today. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who gives rest to our souls. May we find our rest in him. Lord, we ask this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ.